What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jonathan from Calling in Favors, episode 19, The Angry Golfer. That's right, I'm back. Fuck it. I told Amazon to go screw themselves. Too many calls, too many differences in what the job was offered. So we're going to get into it a little bit. We're going to touch a little more on what I talked about this afternoon. We're going to start with the haters on TikTok. I guess finally I'm starting to get a little off of uh, TikTok shadow ban. You're starting to see me a little bit more. But, you know, there's been the haters. You had the usuals. Oh, you look homeless, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So what if I was? I still got swag. I'm still going to show up to the golf course set up looking like I belong, you know, and then Mr. Teeth Paste, user, I don't know, 88 trillion, 233 billion, and I, fucking 77, come on, fam, tell me I don't match, he's like, oh, he's got a pink shirt on, it doesn't match, baby blue logo, baby blue belt, baby blue, hat logo matches the shirt logo, and if you want to talk swag and talk golf course, all right, we'll go Navy. Maybe we'll go with this Navy. Maybe we'll go Baby Blue. I don't know. Maybe we'll go Old School Pink. Maybe we'll go New School Pink. But when you're as swaggy as I am, the all-white usually wins with this outfit. But it doesn't stop there. You think you're a boss, Mr. Toothpaste? Come on, fam. Get on my level, even the yardage book matches. Come on. You ain't got swag to be talking shit like that from your private account. Come on, let's go. Anybody wants to have a contest, we can go at it all day, every day. Don't ever question whether or not I match. <laughs> you know, I touched a little bit this afternoon on the barstool sale. Um, it's good stuff. I think it's cool. I think it's, it's, it's one of those things, like I said in the post you know i always looked at it as a comedy site it was fun for me you know um all the guys that i worked with were great down at the super bowl they all said hello to my family when we went and said hi um we went to rough and rowdy you know said hello saw them there so you know i'm cheering for those guys i've been a portnoy fan since forever howard Gate was kind of the one that kind of <laughs> i was like this dude's funny and he doesn't care, you know, that's kind of me, um, you know, I, I start coming back to where I, I started with this podcast, you know, and I, and I get to just chilling, bored with nothing better to do, right, you like, I've got all these stories, I know all these people, it's like, I started the blog, and the blog felt good, but at the same time, it's like, you, you, you're stuck at a computer, you're, you're doing stuff that you want to talk about but do you really want to write about it you know there's still some times when it gets dark and, and i go right i just don't publish it that's all you know i, I put it on private and, and that's when the dark conversations you know get in your head i'm not gonna lie i don't think i'm there right now but i've been at moments where you know you can't end it i mean i'm not gonna do that to my family it's not fair but you don't want to be here at the same time so you just kind of like you know you do and you exist and you kind of just kind of take a deep breath every once in a while and catch up, you know, and I just never did it. I didn't do it for 20 years. And finally it caught up with me. You know, it's, it's one of those situations where I knew I needed to talk to somebody. I knew I needed an outlet, but it, it was, it wasn't easy. You know, it, it, it kind of, you get to that point where everything around you just, doesn't matter enough 
to go talk to somebody, it, it's status quo is okay, you know. Um, and then obviously there's the stigma of my like, you know, mental health wasn't really a thing when I was growing up. It, well, it was towards the end, but not not really. So, you know, you talk generations and things like that, and and it's 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 funny because all it is is the kids getting raised by us, you know, um, or by the generation before us. And so you see the differences now it's getting to the point where the outside world has as much of an effect on how you raise your children and how you raise your family as the inside world, as your family. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm not going to get too much into detail, but my one comment to Portnoy about getting back to being the owner he keeps going back to saying i don't know what i can say and what i can't say is just stay away from the guy that's telling the most jokes because the kids that are the ones that are chirping the most are the most sensitive they're trying to get you before you get them and i admit it i'm probably that dude sometimes but i can take it that's the difference the kids today can't because they chirp you and then all of a sudden you chirp them back and they go tell the teacher and then they're in a safe space and then everything's okay and they hug it out and it's over well it just didn't happen that way when we grew up you know it, it's you chime me i chime you back it, it's fun to me you know half the shit that you look back on relationships and friendships and half the stuff that pe that i get into it with people from i walk away laughing you guys take it to heart you know and, and most of the time it's you know i just feel like i'm not being listened to if I have a point and I'm in a situation where I'm talking about something and I know, I would think you'd stop and listen and and say, wow, this dude knows what he's talking about. We should probably listen to what he has to say. And the more times that you get disrespected and not listened to, it just builds and builds and builds. And then when you feel like you're not being listened to at home and either you just explode and you try to make sure it's not on somebody you care about. <laughs> That's all. So usually you explode on something that everybody else thinks is trivial well it is to a point you know it's meaningful to me so you know with the podcast and again i don't know maybe that's why i haven't called for guests i want to i have every intention to and i just it's just not my personality i talked about that this afternoon too you know i'm not the guy that's saying hey let's go play golf i'm the guy that's saying hey i got a tea time at 12 30 who wants to play you know so that was um <clears throat> kind of evident this weekend right with with me having two tea times and having to scramble at the last minute to find a fourth. So, but again, it is what it is. And that's the way the situation is. And, and that's the way my personality is. So it's going to be tough to, to do a podcast, but when I'm out here, I'm just able to talk on un, uninterrupted. You know, I can say what I want to say. I can talk about what I want to talk about. And if you don't want to listen, that's fine. You know, I've got a few hundred listeners that have been loyal, you know, guys reaching out behind the scenes uh, the mental health conversations have been great. I mean, I hope, you know, if I if if I can help some of you realize that, listen, we're not alone. The golf business is tough on you. Um, it, it it seems like that's been the case behind the scenes. That's the stuff that I get the most comments on. You know, I broke down the other day, and it wasn't even a big deal. It was a, a rip contact, but it was just another setback in a long line of, of you know setbacks. You know. You, yesterday was another one we got rained out or actually yeah no tuesday we got rained out you know i was looking forward to playing thorny lee i hadn't played it all season you know i played about six or seven holes that day but they had done that um 
the thing to the greens that they did they aired g2g and um i was looking forward to getting back there you know we got rained out and i'm sure we'll reschedule but still it's just it seems like every time i tr i seem to make progress you just get frustrated and trust me that was one of many of those breakdowns maybe not that bad and you know there's probably some that were a little worse sorry trying to get a little comfortable in this couch and stuff um there was probably some that were a little worse you know but it was just kind of that was that day i was in here it was hot i was i was kind of you know ranting and i was on one so i let it go so i do i take it back of course not i don't care like that's the other shit too like um i never got embarrassed about anything i wasn't i'm not you know like i whatever i say shit i'm not that dude that says shit and wakes up the next morning's like oh my god i can't believe i said it if it's something i feel like i need to apologize for i apologize that's simple you know if it's something i don't something i feel i was right then i don't it, it, it is what it is i don't have to say anything to anybody you know if you want to come out here and listen great if you don't it, i can't change your mind you know um the one thing i am going to start getting more into is golf you know I know a lot about it and I have a lot of contacts and I got to start reaching out to people and getting some tidbits and some information, but, um, I know I will, I'll get it done. But, um, today we're going to get into what I've been talking about and the things that I've been thinking about with the golf stuff, you know, um, starting with the golf ball rollback, you know, I'm not surprised that the PGA tour didn't go with it. Um, sex sells right you know 350 drives you know bryson and kind of brought that into the world again too with the, the the long ball long drive stuff um i think my personal opinion is they should do exactly what they did with the driver it's here you know this golf ball is good for the rest of the time there's enough of them out there to fit everybody tap it stay it right here don't roll it back listen they're building golf courses they're designing golf courses people are spending money on equipment and stuff like that to play a game that is today. You start rolling the golf ball back and now it changes everything. Guys are gonna be tinkering with drivers, guys are gonna be tinkering with fairway woods. Then you run into, do you play the rolled back golf ball in the top tier amateur events? You know, do, do amateurs that play the US Open, do they have to play it? Is that fair? It's the one term in the year that they play in that golf ball. Um, it just opens Pandora's box to so many other what ifs that I just don't think it's worth doing. But if you cap it where it is right now, just like they did with the driver, and I think they ought to up the driver speed on the robot for the numbers. You know, it's been a while. I think they're still at like 98 or 100. I think, you know, 110 is probably more realistic for the top end testing to see what tour players are doing and amateurs are doing. It kind of falls more in that middle, you know. Golf's become a more athletic game. People are in better shape. They're hitting the ball longer and hitting it further. So. You really have to do a better job of keeping up with the times in terms of regulating it. You know, we should have been preparing for this a long time ago when the 400cc driver came up, you know, and then the, the trampoline driver was at ER, Callaway ERC. They should have been thinking about the golf ball then. You know, I know obviously they hadn't mastered it yet, but the uh, Nike Tour accuracy was out at that time in 2000. Um, that was when I was working at Hyannisport Club and um, one of the members had the ERC driver and we used to laugh about it and talk about it, but that was the, the start of the three-piece golf ball, you know, the Nike Tour accuracy. You know, you listen to guys talking about Tiger and listen, I ain't taking anything away from Tiger. Don't 
count this as hate at all. But they said everybody says he had, he had an advantage over the field in 2000, 2001 with the three. He was the first one using the three-piece golf ball. So um, that's my opinion. You know, something has to be done, but I don't think you can go backwards, and I don't think you can have two separate balls. There's too much too much professional and amateur interaction. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to have two golf balls. You know, one little off-topic point on that statement, I don't understand why teachers are called professionals, right? We're, we're coaches. You know, is an NBA coach not allowed to play? I guess NBA is a bad example because they're professionals, but, like, is a college coach not allowed to play a, a pickup game because he's a pro? Or, you know, I don't understand why a guy that teaches golf for a living is considered a professional and can't play amateur events and stuff like that, especially now with the name and likeness and all the money that's going around and the prizes and stuff. I, I think, you know, I should be able to go to a driving range tomorrow and teach the people that I have in my email list and make a living and not call myself a professional. I'm not, I'm a golf teacher. I'm a golf coach, not a professional. So again, it's just the weird things and the weird, you know, the weird way golf does stuff. Sometimes, you know, it's the way it's always been is the answer and it's not a good one. So um, that's my conversation. And again, that's a little spinoff of the golf ball rollback, you know, maybe, in the future, like I said, I've had some golf pros reaching out talking about mental health and talking about the struggles of the business and, you know, the hours and things like that. And maybe we get some of those guys on and get their opinion on it about, you know, why can't they go play a buddy's member guest? You know, why can't they go have fun somewhere else? You know, honestly, it kind of helped. You start to go out playing golf tournaments elsewhere and you start seeing the things that people are doing at their home club. Now, if you're the pro at the club and you're doing all of that, I get it. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about a guy like an assistant or something that's just working in a bag room, maybe teaching a little bit on the side. Why is he a professional? Why can't he play amateur events? I, I don't get it. And that's my argument when we get into the conversation about um, should pros be allowed to play in club events? My, my answer is yes. If they're a full-paying member or any, like, any type of golfing member, and they're at your club and they want to play your club events, club championship, um, uh, you know, like yearly matches. At my former club, they called it the Governor's Cup. At Harmon, we called it the Harmon Cup. You know, you play two-man best ball throughout the season. Um, I don't think they should be uh, prohibited from playing those events. That's my opinion. Uh, I got my amateur status back, so anybody needs a partner for a three-day i'm getting there i played my first round of golf on sunday i shot 75 it wasn't bad anybody that's played dw knows it's a pretty easy golf course but my misses were in front of me you know it's tree line to tree line right now just keep it in play keep it in front of me i get it up by the green there's a pretty good chance i'm going to make a par you know i shot 75 with no birdies so it's not bad we'll get there um but anybody looking for a member guest partner i'm ready i'm your guy uh, the other one that I wanted to talk about that cracked me up, uh, Carlotta Saganda went nuts about the two-stroke slow play penalty to the point where she didn't sign a scorecard and she got DQ'd. Um, <laughs> slow play sucks. Everybody knows it. Everybody, you know, um, I wish this happened more often because baseball is already showing us that it wouldn't happen as much as you think. 
You know, you start penalizing people for slow play and people speed up. There's no reason for a slow play penalty. I mean, I'm probably the opposite. I probably play too fast and probably need to slow down. But, I mean, if, if you're a golfer and you're ready to go and, and you, you should never be penalized for slow play. It shouldn't happen. I mean, one, you should never get on the clock. But if you are on the clock, you should know you're on the clock. And it should never happen. So, again, there's the chime, the the keyboard warriors chiming in with the stopwatch and saying it wasn't 45 seconds or whatever. Listen, it was close enough and she was on the clock already. She's a habitual offender. She's been penalized in the past. Speed up. It's that simple. Like, it, the USGA put in the rules where it's not even a slow, it's not even a... a um, a breach of etiquette to play out of turn. If you if you think there's a chance you're on the clock, play speed ready golf for a hole or two and get back up. I just I, I don't get it. And it, the worst part is, um, I think the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour need to do a better job of protecting the LPGA Tour and women's golf. Um, LPGA Tour is much quicker with the trigger to do a slow play penalty, and they're the ones getting bombarded at clubs being told that they're the ones slow play it's not you know it's not them it's obviously there's a select group in every crowd but it's a collective effort to be slow you know most of the tournaments that i ran at my former clubs the women played faster than the men as a whole um now i'm not going to say that carte blanche and yes there's exceptions to every rule um the one thing I think we need to do a better job as golfers is pulling along the younger generations, right? Um, you heard me talking on, on the, the Instagram and TikTok today about, you know, the younger generations, they look like they're homeless, right? I mean, I know I started off ranting and throwing stuff around. I was joking in response to that, but I mean, the joggers that tom kim was wearing today they look like baseball pants like they literally came up to here they're not even joggers like i don't understand what's going on and why looking homeless is a cool thing like i don't get the whole the rope hats with the point like in the flat i just don't understand it um it's funny i, I saw the barstool foreplay Rappaport was monday qualifying for the corn ferry event that they they broadcasted um and i'll get into that too i i I kind of got into it with a friend on that one today. I was defending the Barstool guys. Um, and you'll understand why when I get into it. Um, but he's playing the, the Monday qualifier. You would think, you know, they got a sponsorship with Peter Millar. You'd think he'd come out and, like, look like he belonged, and he didn't. He looked like some weekend schmo just, you know, walked out of bed. And I just, I don't like broadcasting that side you know if you're playing an event act like you belong you know homeless is not a not a look on the golf course that's just me um but again it all ties into and i know i got off topic a little bit the, the slow play but it all ties into etiquette and and playing having fun on your, your own but knowing you know who's there and who's around and what's going on um Sorry, motorcycle just went by. I was trying to yell a little bit so I could talk over it. I thing that sucks about the storage unit is I can't uh, record with Riverside because I don't have service in here. So 
we're gonna get somewhere figured out where we can get on the internet. We could use Riverside, but I can use the background on iMovie and we'll figure it out. But again, what I was saying, again, the butterfly flew by, I got off topic. You know, I don't, they told me I didn't have ADD back in the 90s. Wonder why I didn't get through school, test off the charts, but can't pass a class to save my life. Um, what I was talking about was etiquette, right? We need to pull these guys along. That's where we're running bad at a lot of clubs. You know, you got the 65-year-old generation, and now you have the the intermediate, the 18 to 20 generation. That group from 25 to 45 with the kids and the families and stuff like that, you don't really see a lot of them there. And it's it's yes, it's cost, but be its value. You know, there's just not a lot of value right now in a lot of the clubs, um, especially in my area and the ones that are great you can't get into they got a waiting list or initiation fee so it's it's tough right now um obviously i'm ranting about you know white collar problems first world problems but it is what it is you know you got to think about every generation and how do we go forward um it's it's i'm not going to rant and rave but the the lack of attention to detail at clubs and golf pros it's kind of getting bad now it, it really is a lot of different places need to figure out budgets to get assistance and get golf pros some help because it's just the stuff the, the basic stuff is going out the window you know I, like i said this afternoon i was talking about doing the scoreboards for the for the club championship right no i don't want to pat on the back for that but it was something that i enjoyed doing it was part of the job and it always was part of the job back in the day just because you can print something out on a plotter doesn't mean you should right um the scoreboards with calligraphy and, and learning new tra new tricks to, to make it easier to correct and do things and dedicating somebody for the week or the weekend on that board. Um, it, it was part of the golf business and it was a timeout. It was a chance to be outside and interact with the members. Me personally, it was one of my only chances. You know, I was stuffed in the bay 40 hours a week. So the only chances that I got to interact with members was tournaments. You know, so yeah, I went all out and I wanted to do it right uh, my last year when they started changing tournaments and adding tournaments and changing times of tournaments without checking with me yeah it was time to go you know when I almost got into a fight with a member because of a mistake that my assistant made and I wouldn't let him get hung out to dry by the scoreboard but yet all he could do every time I wasn't there in the shop was talk bad about me and tell me how bad I treated him and how much of an asshole I was you know, get the fuck out of here. Like, it, it just, it is what it is. It's not worth that business. It's not worth the headache, you know. But if I could go to a range across the street and teach a lesson for $100 an hour or 200 an hour, whatever I could charge, um, I would. But I just don't want to give up my amateur status for a maybe and a, a dip in my toe back into a career where I'll end up strangling somebody. Um, but we have to pull the generations along and we have to teach etiquette it's what happens at clubs when good players stop getting listened to, right? Um, I'm not a golf snob. I'm not. I'll play with anybody. And the guys that I played with last year at Resi Days, one of them made a comment was like, I thought when I saw I was paired with you, I thought it was going to be a disaster. He goes, you're fun to play with. You cheer us on. You're like one of the guys. I'm like, yeah, dude, I have so much hate and talk about me when I'm not even around that you would think I was a murderer. Like, I've never been arrested. I've never been, as an adult, I've never done dumb shit. Um, 
but it's like it's one of those things you'd think i was an axe murderer you know i'm just another dude like i just want to play golf so um i don't even know where i went on that rant from like it's just what was i looking at we got some editing to do because i don't know where i went on that rant from but anyway um yeah, so the next golf ball thing, I mean, the next thing was, you know, part of that whole thing with the, the etiquette and stuff, this Justin Doden kid cheating on the Canadian tour, right? Um, buddy of mine behind the scenes, actually a former guest, texted me, he said, I played against him in college, doesn't surprise me one bit. You know, these people have their tendencies. You, you know, I, I believe in the whole once a cheater, always a cheater. You know, if I have a girl that I know that was cheating on her boyfriend or whatever, you got no chance of me dating you. It is what it is. I'm just... It, it, it's I know Clem I say it all the time I had to change saying um to something and now it's it is what it is I'll find the next one I'll get it I kept I catch it now at least um no but like that's you, you get that vibe off people and I've always been a pretty good judge of character you know when I see somebody you keep your eye on it but again it goes back to the conversation I've had with people and I it's funny my ex-golfing partner she used to get all over me all the time. We write the scores down. Trust me. We know everything you did and every shot you hit on every hole. That's part of being a golf pro. This dude signed his scorecard, waited for the dude to leave the tent, erased it, changed the number, made the cut. But what's more impressive was the guy that played with him. Checking the scores was like, wait a minute. That dude wasn't supposed to make the cut and called him on it. You know, so it is what I know I caught it, but it. It's what it's supposed to be, right? You're supposed to tell people when things are wrong. Like, everybody says I'm a complainer. I complained about one thing at my former club. That was it. One thing. The Greens. They lost in the summer. They're absolute shit show. And the first thing the assistant, I mean, um, the superintendent from the other golf course said when he came over was exactly what I've been saying for five years, word for word. No sand, no punching, no bueno. It's that simple. Like, I... It, but I'm a complainer. So they labeled me as a complainer so that way everybody hated me and everybody didn't listen to me. Told me, told everybody I was a wolf in sheep's clothing and blah, 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 and don't listen. Well, how'd that work out for you? But now he's, what's gonna happen is he's finally doing the things he's supposed to be doing. He's introducing sand. You're gonna have the best greens in the state all fall and Dumb and Dumber and the fucking hurricane are gonna get off like, like bandits. And they're gonna laugh all the way to the bank and say, ha, 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 they just don't know any better and we got them again awesome you wonder why i left um it, it, also on that line of cheating right finding your golf ball it, it, it it's you, you watch good players play golf when they hit a good shot they don't you know irons it's different because you're not losing but a driver when they hit a good tee ball they're not posing they're picking the tee up that's going right where they expect it to go you, when they hit a bad one, that's when you see guys, hold on, hold on, right? They're looking. That's the difference between a good player and a bad player. Most bad players hit a bad shot and stop looking and tell a temper tantrum and look at who they're playing with and say, did you see where that went? Most good players know exactly where to go. They probably ignore every, at least me, I know I do. When I hit a bad shot, especially if I'm hitting first, I look at exactly at that tree that I saw it go into and I'm staring there the entire time and I usually try to ignore conversation until I get up in there. You know, have an idea of where it's going. That's the difference between guys who play golf tournaments and guys who play, right? 
we don't want to lose a golf ball in a golf tournament. We don't want to have to reload and hit a provisional. We don't want to have to walk all the way up there and then walk all the way back when you don't find it. So we're watching it. We're staring it down. We want to see where it goes. The good ones, when I hit it good and I hit the sweet spot and I know I look up, I see it go for 10 feet. I know where it's going. I'm going back to the cart. I'm going to sit down and chill. Like I don't pose, you know. The only time I pose is when, you, when you're hitting one with an iron and you stuff it and you see me going up and down or you see good players, you know, they're holding it and they're looking up in the air, down at the flag. Up in the, That's when you know they hit a good one. But again, it's not a matter of losing the golf ball and not losing the golf ball. Um, yeah, so now this brings me on my timeline to what I was going to talk about, but I didn't really want to get into and I didn't want to sound like a hater. So... I actually reached out to a buddy today and we were talking about the barstool sale. Um, and he was like, good, they suck. And I'm like, eh, they've been watered. I agree. They've gotten watered down a little bit. I wouldn't go as far as to say as they suck. My comment on barstool sale is I hope we get more original content. I don't like a lot of the new stuff. A lot of the new stuff is kind of hurty hurt type stuff. Um, the original listeners, and it's funny, when I tripped yesterday online, I got a ton of responses from guys my age. You know, the original listeners in our 40s, late 30s that, you know, were going up to the playoffs in 04 and, you know, maybe not 04, but 05, 06, 07, going to the playoff games in October and getting off the tee and, you know, grabbing the Barstool Sports newspaper. Whether you read it or not, you had it in your hand, you know, and then by the time uh, – Deflate Gate came out, they were in the mix, and then, you know, obviously Howitzer Gate and all the rest of it. The, the thing, um, actually, not Deflate Gate, well, the first one was Spygate, was the one that, you know, they really got involved in. But it, it's the thing that I liked about it was they just kind of did whatever they wanted to do, they didn't answer to anybody, and they evolved. You know, this, I look at hip-hop i mean barstool the same way you look at hip-hop the same way you look at anything right um the old school is always going to have that that the sentimental touch to it um dan and kfc and, and portnoy on the rundown that was you know five ten years of my life watching it every day so when it started to become tommy smokes which i don't mind him i really don't like marty mush um, Glenny Balls, eh. You know, so when it started to become them every day, I just stopped watching it. And then all of a sudden now you see the algorithms change on my phone and you stop getting the other stuff. You know, I still get foreplay and I still get Barstool. That's about it. You know, because I didn't really like a lot of the other stuff. I don't click on it. Scumbag Golf, I think, is bad for the game. I think Barstool needs to shut that shit down. I've seen a couple posts that were just brutal. Um... But what happened was today, I, I talked about Barcelona and he kind of went on a rant and was like, oh, well, their broadcast was terrible. And I'm like, I didn't think it was terrible. I thought there was a ton of really good parts to it. Um, I thought Rappaport was awesome as an on course. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Francis being on there. He just kind of, guys are grinding for their tour card. They don't really want to be telling jokes out there. Um, Trent and Frankie, they are what they are. I think Trent and Frankie have a, a good place as, what was the dude from, not Rich Eisen, what was the guy from um, ESPN? 
Oh, I should have wrote this down, but this just popped in my head right now. It'll come to me, but he went, he goes and does all kinds of goofy things. Um, oh, it's a blonde, tall blonde guy. It'll pop in my head, but that's kind of where I look at Trent and Frankie. Um, great content. I love Trent's Breaking 90. I think it's cool. Good luck, bud, if you see this. But um, they're kind of like the sideshow a little bit, whereas Riggs and Rap are kind of the golf guys. But Rap, for some reason, every time he gets off the one-liner thing, I just kind of find myself going, and I don't want to pick on him because I like him, and he was great on the broadcast. I thought um, Riggs and Minahan were good in the booth. Lance seemed a little awkward. Um, I think that's his name, right? Like, I don't know. He seemed a little awkward a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, I thought it was a good broadcast. But... When I say it, and he's like, oh, they fucking suck. They fell off. I'm like, dude. I was like, this is the third time we've talked about Barstool. I go, the last time I brought him up on the podcast, you said they sucked then. I'm like, you sound like a hater. I'm like, have a conversation. Um, and then we tried to have a conversation, and it turned into every time I tried to get my point out, ah, oh, they suck. Uh, he sucks. He sucks. And I'm like, dude, this is the fourth time that I've tried to make my point, and I haven't been able to get it in. Shut up. Let me talk. And then it just kind of sparked another, that's where that kind of, you know, I get frustrated when people don't listen. I, I'm fine with somebody having an argument. You know, you, we can argue all day, every day. If you listen to me and we have a conversation and we have an argument, I will sit there and I will listen to your point. I may disagree with your point, but I will listen to it. And then I will change my conversation, the statement I was going to make next, based on what you just said. The people that drive me nuts are the people that stand there looking at you, shaking your head. And then all of a sudden, they just go into attack mode. And I'm like, I just fucking told you I agree with you on that point. And that just drives me up a wall because it clearly states, you're just letting me rant, not listen to me so you can make your point. That's when I start to get combative and, and I blow up a little bit now dumb and dumber you know Bob the Builder and the used car salesman protecting the hurricane don't fucking lie to me just have a conversation listen he sucks we know waiting for him to retire you know he sucks I mean it's not like a it, it, it is what it is but don't sit there and try to defend it because all you're going to do is shoot facts at me that I have something to come back to you from. I'm not one of the guys up there that don't know anything. So that's kind of where we got into it with that. Like, I'd rather just not talk to me. Just stay the fuck away from me. But it is what it is. Like, people just always seem to try to attack me because they know I argue and they know it. But so they don't want to hear my point. They just want to argue my point. But what I'm saying is I agree with your point. But what you're doing is X, Y, and Z. And it causes death right it, it is what it is I, you gotta figure it out i know I, I say it is what it is a lot but i don't know how to collect my thoughts when i'm by myself again it's why guests make the podcast so much better but it's just it's not me it's not my personality i you know i'm a all right i'm in the mood to rant guy and then i rant you know um but i rant about things that i know about and that's why people listen and people chime in. If people weren't chiming in, I wouldn't still be doing this. Trust me. If I didn't get one or two mental health conversations or golf pros or somebody behind the scenes saying, hey, man, I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying what we want to say. I would stop. 
but I do, and it happens, and it happens over and over and over again, so here we are. Um, quick update on me, like I said in the post this morning, I was thinking about an Amazon job, I didn't really love the way it sounded, there's another one, another driver job for another company um, that I'm talking to the guy tomorrow, so I'm trying to find like a four day a week, 10 hour a day job so I can still play golf and still do the podcast. You know, I've told you all along, this is not a career for me. I never expected to get offered a job or whatever. I just wanted to come on here and rant. You know, it felt good to blog. I was trying to think of what's the next step. I thought maybe this might motivate me to get back in the golf business. It didn't, um, but it did get me motivated to be black playing golf. I wasn't joking in the fall when I said I was done playing golf. I thought I would never pick up a club again. So we've breached that gap. Now we just got to find a career and um, have a chance to rant once in a while. So to everybody reaching out behind the scenes, thank you so much. Um, health insurance. I'm good. I'm good until December. I have four shots already in the refrigerator. I had three shots all last last year. 12 months, I had three shots. I have three shots already ready to go. So we're ready to go. We should be healthy for as long as I need. You know, my thought is once I do take the new job, I probably won't switch insurance right away. I'll keep paying for it, figure it out, see what happens. But we're on the right track. So I am good for, you know, a few months. I can tell my mood's already changing. Um, the energy is starting to come back. Every once in a while, I get a day where I wake up and I feel like I ran into a wall. Um, and every once in a while, I get a little crazy from the prednisone. So, but for the most part, I'm feeling good. My attitude is good. Um, I think I've done a pretty good job of staying under control um, and not attacking anybody too much, even when I'm negative. So it's a work in progress, right? I'm doing my best. Any of you guys have anything you want to promote, anything you have, you want to shine, you want to, you want to shout out, you want to sell, keep reaching out behind the scenes and ask me to come on. Well, you know, it, it takes 10 minutes to set it up and we can just kind of rant. Um, other than that, who knows? I'll rant from time to time, usually like I've done in the past, Thursday nights into Friday. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. You know, I haven't found the job yet, so we still have time to do some golf stuff, and we'll keep doing it until I get back to work. So, all right, guys, until next time, let's go.